When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest Sask Week weekly market outlook. Markets could take a negative tone for the holiday period according to the Sask Wheat Outlook. We also have a feature interview with the chair of Sask Wheat discussing prices, West Coast delays and soil moisture. Real Agriculture talks about proposed changes to give farmers more time to settle grain grading disputes with grain companies. Hanley Saskatchewan bison producer Les Kruger is re-elected chair of the Canadian Bison Association and we talk with him about markets and drought. Lloyd Minster is cattle events and a look at the impact of the tornado on farms in Kentucky. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The latest Saskweed Outlook expects grain markets to take a negative tone during the holiday period. Mercantile Consulting Analyst Marlena Borsch says the market is ignoring logistics of moving the big Australian crop to market, and the U.S. has underestimated the demand side of wheat. Meanwhile, she says returns to wheat in Canada look quite good, and she suggests selling some Canadian product, but not at any sharp discounts. Here's what happened in the cash markets last week. Tender business in wheat has started to scale down towards the Christmas holidays. In actual trades, Korea bought 60,000 tons of wheat at 337, and another cargo traded at 351 per ton. Jordan bought 60,000 tons of wheat at 341, and there were also strong rumors that Chinese buyers have been making large purchases of French wheat last week, and barley along with Ukrainian corn and barley, taking advantage of a pause in surging prices to cover some of the feed grain needs. Total volumes bought are not yet clear, but importers are said to have secured at least several hundred thousands of tons of grain from France and from the Ukraine. U.S. weekly wheat export sales were relatively small, 240,000 tons, and Canada loaded 161,000 tons of wheat during week 18, and we are still affected by the slow movement west. Week 18 exports of Durham from Canada were 51,000 tons. To continue, here are some of last week's major news in the wheat markets by major wheat origin. Starting with Canada. According to StatScan, Canada exported 900,000 tons of wheat during the month of October. 
This is essentially half of the exports done in October 2020. The top importing countries during the month were Nigeria and Ecuador. October 21 exports of Durham wheat were 244,000 tons, that's 48% less than last year's October volume. We note that USDA in last week's report expects that US Durham exports will be just 15 million bushel with 17 million bushel of ending stocks, down 37% from last year. The, the report also implies that total imports from Canada will be 46 million bushel, which is 24% higher than last year's 37 million bushel. If correct, this should keep the U.S. active in our Durham market for the remainder of the crop year. As it is, cash bids in Canada for Durham were higher on the week as traders came to the realization that there was significantly less Canadian Durham, according to StatScan, than originally expected. Moving on to the U.S. The USDA report was slightly bearish for U.S. wheat. Exports were reduced by 20 million bushel, ending stocks were raised by 15 million bushel to 598 million compared to 845 last year. Globally, world wheat ending stocks were seen 2.4 million tons higher than last month. The trade was expecting 276 million tons of ending stocks, while the report showed 278 million tons. Regarding the 2022 crop in the U.S., we should mention that soil moisture conditions deteriorated across the U.S. plains and into Texas and Oklahoma. The U.S. winter wheat area in drought rose by 1% to 53% last week. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market outlook for the Sask Wheat website. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Strong demand and reduced wheat supplies due to drought have pushed wheat prices up 56% this fall compared to a year ago. StatsCan says it's the largest increase in the grains index since 2008. The chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, Brett Halstead of Nokomis, says the higher prices are welcome, but farmers are also facing much higher costs. Well, I guess they're not a surprise given the fact that, you know, Stats Canada has also come out with their um, yield um, predictions or projections for the year. And uh, Durham in particular has been hit really hard. Uh, the Durham growing area is probably the hardest hit part of the province of so Durham yields are down significantly. Spring wheat was expected to be down. They didn't adjust it too much, but you know, it, it, we knew it was everything was down uh, as far as the production. So prices obviously followed, um, also based on the world market. But you know, significant troubles in Canada, which is a major exporter for the amount of production this year. Yeah, the other side of that coin is of course rising costs i've heard some like fertilizer costs how bad are the rising costs on the farm oh they're they're significant fertilizer is obviously the biggest one um some crop protection products or chemicals are also uh, have gone up in price glyphosate for example some are getting hard to find they're saying so there's a bit of 
buying and storing it going on, uh, fuel, obviously, and transportation costs that are around fuel and the carbon tax effect uh, on fuel prices. You know, there's machinery parts. You, uh, you go on and on, even to buy a piece of equipment, new or used, if you need it now. Uh, you may or may not be able to actually get it in time for next crop year or next seeding. So there's a number of issues, both uh, logistically and price-wise, in all our commodities, but obviously fertilizers, the biggest and most talked about one. Yeah, one report I saw somewhere, I can't remember the amount, but it was like two or three times the amount that had been paid, what, last year? Yeah, definitely. I've heard stories like that. I didn't actually put ours. We did purchase most of our fertilizer. I didn't put it into a multiple Really, I guess I could look back and put it into a multiple, but uh, definitely a significant increase, uh, as you mentioned, and, you know, very hard to pencil in some crops, even with higher prices, and that's if they stay high. So there's a lot of Fs going on yet, but for now, we'll plan the best we can, and producers will try and mitigate those damages of those costs with their purchasing if they're able to get what they need. Grain movement, it's, of course, been slowed because of the mudslides and heavy rain in B.C. Are you concerned? Always concerned, even with a smaller crop, with any kind of disruption in transportation, because, you know, it affects, you know, even on selling a smaller crop, uh, it affects our our reputation, um, basis costs increase, um, you name it. So, you know, any disruptions aren't helpful, and... uh, you know, my understanding is tracks are up and running, although at limited speeds, which uh, will slow capacity a little bit. So just look forward to things gradually and becoming more normal as the new year comes. We're getting some snow today. You welcome any soil moisture, even if it's a storm? Oh, for sure. I looked out my window as you said that, and I'm not getting any snow here. But, you know, yeah, you know, it's it's not going to save next year's crop. We're still a number of months away from that, but I think a nice snow cover would, you know, improve the optimism on next year's crop. And we're definitely going to need a significant amount of spring or early summer rains to get some moisture back in the soil and grow a good crop. Brett Halstead of Nokomis is the chair of Sasquheat. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by the Chief Commissioner of the Canadian Grain Commission, Mr. Doug Chorney. Doug, how are you? I'm fine, man. Nice to be with you today, Sean. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So uh, yesterday you put out uh, some proposed changes to grade and dockage dispute resolution. Let's start off right at the hop. Uh, What are those suggested changes? Well, we aren't really uh, framing it in the sense that there's a a predetermined plan. We just are taking feedback that was provided to the uh, process of consultation that happened on the broader Canada Grain Act uh, issue earlier this year and trying to restart the discussion on specific uh, changes that could be made within regulations 
to the dispute resolution process that has served farmers for many years quite well, but perhaps needs a refresh to reflect the way grain is transactional, transactionally handled uh, when it's bought uh, uh, by by grain companies today. And and what are those su- suggestions that were were laid out? What some uh, stakeholders suggested is that they find the process of having to trigger a subject to inspector's grading dockage process at the point of delivery with each load doesn't really manage their their situation very well. Often contracts are going to contain several um, hundreds of tons uh, in, a, in a particular delivery period with would, would be delivered over several days. At, at the time, uh, there may not be knowledge of, of the grade assessment because a lot of grain is now hauled by uh, custom uh, trucking companies and farmers aren't there themselves to see the assessment that's done at the time of delivery. And producers would like to see a little more time to first find out how their assessment for grade and dockage has been made and then determine if they want to trigger a process. So there's a, a potential time window there that uh, would have to be triggered. And then other times we also hear farmers say that the sample that's retained isn't large enough. Our inspectors believe you need to have a full kilogram, 1,000 um, grams of, of, of sample to do a proper assessment. And that's that's more than often is stored. So we want to ask, uh, you know, to have that uh, be a provision so that if a dispute is triggered uh, in the coming days, that that sample is available to be used uh, for the process. Now, people are being asked to provide commentary uh, up until February 28th of uh, this coming year, the 22. If these changes are accepted or there's support for them, um, they came out of the Canada Grain Act review consultations. Can these changes be made without having to go through the legislative process? Correct. So this embraces our spirit of continuous improvement, and these are changes that we can de- take uh, on action on before the Act is amended. So because we've actually been working on this for quite some time, we wanted to get the process started because we don't really know what the parliamentary schedule is for amendments to the Act, but we'll be ready for that when that happens. But in the meantime, we don't want to be standing still, and we want to show our stakeholders that we're listening to them and that we're, we're responsive. Are elevators equipped to store 1,000-gram samples from any truckload? I can't speak for the elevators uh, uh, or the, you know, um, companies that buy grain. I, I do have knowledge that there are samples retained. In terms of physical space in each facility, it would you know, have to be considered. And that's one of the things we want to hear back from, from the people who purchase grain to see if that is a practical um, approach. We want to come up with a process that makes sense for everybody and accomplishes the goal of, of satisfying the concerns that uh, have been brought forward. So, yeah, it'll be different with every facility, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, we'll have to work to, to find a way to make this make this uh, practical for everybody. Another question that was brought up to me by somebody listening in the audience yesterday was, uh, how do you ensure the, the sample is not cross-contaminated or tampered with prior to the inspection being requested? Yeah, that's a very good uh, question. And often what we hear from uh, farmers when they do request a sample be retained is, Inadequate packages are available. Either it's too big, it's too small, it's not sealed. They don't know if it can be tamper-proof. 
that's, I think, something worth exploring. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Cloudy today, some local blowing snow. Wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. Temperature falling to minus 17 this afternoon. Wind chill near minus 30. Risk of frostbite, the low tonight, minus 24. Wind chill minus 29 tonight, minus 36 overnight, risk of frostbite. Thursday, partly cloudy. Wind northwest 20, becoming light near noon. The high minus 18 tomorrow. In the evening, periods of snow with a low minus 23. Friday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries. The high minus 22, the low minus 24. Saturday, partly cloudy. The high minus 15, 30% chance of evening flurries. The low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 14, the low minus 22. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 21. Tuesday, partly cloudy with a high forecast of minus 18. Normal high for this date is minus 9, the normal low minus 20. The sun rose at 8.53 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is minus 11 in both Estevan and Broadview. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, at minus 26 degrees. Esteban, once again, minus 11. Saskatoon, minus 18. Swift Current, minus 20. Weyburn, minus 13. Yorkton, minus 12. Overcast in Regina, it's minus 15. That's 5 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 44, gusting to 56. Humidity is 70%. The barometer rising, 101.1. Blowing snow in Moose Jaw, minus 16. Winds are from the west-northwest, 39, gusting to 54. Once again, Regina overcast and minus 15, that's 5 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Longtime Hanley Saskatchewan bison producer Les Kruger has been re-elected as the chair of the Canadian Bison Association as well as president for a third term. Les and his wife Kathy have a grass-based cow-calf operation where they market live bison and sell bison products locally. We spoke to Les about bison markets, the current feed situation and the National Bison Show and Sale. It was held last month at Agribition in Regina. We had uh, quite a few new consigners. We had, you know, just about 60 animals in the show, which is pretty good with today's environment. We weren't sure how many people were going to make the trip, but, you know, we had consigners all the way from Fort St. John, B.C., a few from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. So it was a good show. Prices were, they were good when you look at the big picture right now. You know, everybody's in tight feed supplies. You know, that's 
the big talk and um, our markets aren't really that strong right now so all in all uh, it was a pretty good sale we had uh, a few buyers from the u.s buying animals which definitely helps the sale kruger says bison producers have been looking for feed supplies well i think all in all it's going to be tight a lot of producers do have a supply. Uh, everybody's looking to get rid of cull animals, you know, reduce the amount of animals on feed. There isn't a lot of feed out there. One of the discussion points has been water pasture conditions going to be like in the spring, because these effects are going to be felt for a couple of years afterwards. In our area, we're three to four years into a drought situation, so our pastures are quite depleted, and uh, it's going to take time to come out of this. So. You know, good spring moisture would mean a lot if we can get the grasses growing earlier in the summer for a change. You know, time will tell on a lot of it. So feed supplies are still going to be tight, and the cost of any extra feed is uh, is a concern right now. Kruger outlines the culling process. Yeah, and I think we would see more, but right now we're pretty tight markets to access to kill space, uh, slaughter capacity, and the infrastructure for slaughter capacity in especially Western Canada, is concerning for us and, and preventing maybe more culling. We would see more if, if there was extra spots available. And then, of course, uh, we have to find market for the product too. So it all ties together. Winter rations may need adjustments. Well, yeah, I, I think we're still seeing a lot of that even with the bison. You know, even ourselves, we're using a lot of salvage crops. The way things were in on the grain farms, um, there was opportunity to get some salvage crops and, you know, whatever we could. So we're just using our imagination is a good way to put it. Bison consume similar amounts of feed to cattle. Well, I think for, for the most part, you know, the, the amounts and the types of feed are very similar to beef cows. So we, do, we don't see a lot of change there. Bison can adapt quite well to certain things in the winter now. If we do get a cold snap, their metabolism slows down. So feed stretches out a little bit longer, which can be a good thing. But at the same time, they still need some relatively good quality feed to get through the winter. The producers that have their animals in good shape going into into the winter, are they're in better shape. But if the producers that, that were already under pressure with uh, pastures and feedstocks, if their animals are going into winter, maybe not in poor body condition, but, but lesser body condition, they're going to require just extra attention all winter. Les Kruger from Hanley is the chair of the Canadian Bison Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Organizers at the Lloyd Minster Exhibition Association are putting the final touches on a new event that's coming up next month in the border city. Reporter Jillian Code spoke with agriculture manager Shelly Ann Dodgson about Cattleman's Call and what's on tap for the two-day event held January 14th and 15th. We have shows on Friday, which um, we are going to have a what we call the Winter Classic. It's a heifer jackpot show. Um, so any 
heifers born in 2021 are eligible as long as they are purebred, uh, carry purebred or recorded papers. So it's a jackpot show to start off the program. And then we're going to go into our Rising Stars show, which is going to highlight um, our 2021 bull calves. Um, the show is going to be shown breed um, specific, and then they'll go for an overall champion. And then we end the day with our um, barn social. And then on Saturday, we're going to get into kind of the two-year-old show, um, our pen shows, as well as a progen breeders herd and a progeny, uh, sire with progeny uh, pen class. So those are what's happening on the Saturday. So this event is joining um, a long list of cattle events at the Lloyd Exhibition. Why is something like this so important to the Lloyd X? I think networking is probably our primary concern. We want to get the breeders and the commercial man or the purebred stock to purebred um, breeders. That is one of our ultimate goals. I think one of the big things is we want to make it um, easy for both the, the producer and the um, buyers to be able to meet in a non-threatening kind of atmosphere where they can chat and talk and be able to make those connections because the connections you make today might be the big sale that happens next fall type of thing. And, and for registration, when and how can people do that? It's all online through Assist Expo, which is, has a link directly on our webpage. So if you go to the Lloyd X, uh, dot com webpage and look for the cattleman's call there's a register button there and you just follow along it's a, very similar to our stockade roundup entry program that's shelly ann dodgson at the lloyd minster exhibition the area in kentucky hit by devastating tornadoes friday is heavily dependent on agriculture poultry is the state's top agricultural commodity and at least a dozen chicken barns collapsed in the storm ryan quarles is kentucky's agriculture commissioner we're working with animal welfare issues right now, that there's a lot of disposal issues, uh, a lot of animals that were trapped in barns or just simply disappearing. We're aiding those efforts right now and finding homes for animals that are displaced. There were a number of facilities completely destroyed, including one owned by the University of Kentucky. We have a major research farm, took a direct hit, a brand new building, heavy built cinder block laying on the floor. We made it into Mayfield where major agriculture companies like Hudson John Deere, a big granary as well as Pilgrim's Pride Hatchery, all devastated. We know there are a lot of grain systems laying on the floor and on the ground and the devastation is just the pictures don't do it justice. The loss of the hatchery in Mayfield automatically triggers a multi-month delay in the processing and raising of chickens because the hatchery simply is not there anymore to supply farmers. U.S. President Joe Biden is touring the Mayfield region today. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 560 at 953.32. One red spring wheat gained 54 cents at 464.90. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $716.91. Feed barley, $383.64. Flax, $1,470.59. Lentils, $986.50. Oats, $551.53.
Yellow peas, 623.24, and feed wheat, 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell 10 and a quarter cents at 10.10, three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Assiniboia Livestock had their last pre-sort on December 1st. 400 to 450 pound steers sold from 201 to 240. 450 to 500 pound steers sold from 210 to 220. 500 to 550 pound steers sold from $2 to 225. 550 to 600 pound steers sold from 193 to 210. 600 to 650 pound steers sold from 186 to $2. 650 to 700 pound steers sold from 184 to 196. 700 to 800 pound steers sold from 182 to 193. 800 to 900 pound steers sold from 167 to 184. The heifers are 30 to 50 cents back from the steers. We also had a regular sale on December 1st. Prices have come up from our last sale. Heiferettes sold from 112 to 123. D1 and D2 cows sold from 63 to 72 cents. D3 cows sold from 30 to 45 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 87 to $1.09. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboy Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is Sig4 Brandon and Moose Jaw Plants, 170.86. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Starting January 1st, the federal carbon tax applied to SAS Power's emissions will go from $40 to $50 per tonne. However, the Provincial Electrical Company says customers will not see their bills change to reflect the new price. That's due to a reduction in carbon emissions from coal generation and the addition of solar, wind and biomass production. SAS Power remains committed to reducing emissions to 50% of 2005 levels by 2030 and reaching net zero in 2050. SAS has announced the start of deployment of its 5G wireless network. The 5G network delivers ultra-fast data speeds, massive network capacity, and near-instantaneous connection. Initially launching in parts of Regina, SASTEL plans to expand its 5G network throughout Regina and Saskatoon in spring 2022. SASTEL Minister Don Morgan says 5G will be a foundation for Saskatchewan's economic growth to help drive innovation across every major industry while enhancing the ability to connect with one another. SASTEL says 5G will be a foundation for next-generation innovations in agri-tech, smart cities, virtual health, internet technology, online gaming, and many other industries. To enjoy the benefits, customers will need to be within 5G coverage, have 5G-capable devices, and subscribe to 5G wireless plan. On the markets, the TSX is down 105 points to 20,543. The Dow has fallen 28 points to 35,515. Oil has dropped 86 cents to 69.87 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 31 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.42 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. 
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicide.